Dr. Homebrew is brought to you by Five Star Chemicals, providing safety and cleaning supplies for brewing, distilling, and winemaking at fivestarchemicals.com. Dr. Look! Stand aside, nurse. I'm Dr. Homebrew. Another episode of Dr. Homebrew, and we're ready to drink some beer. I hope you are, because I sure am. Yeah, and for change, we have some people in the studio with us here. It's yeah. kind of cool. We yeah, have homebrewers th- in the studio. It's a homebrew invasion. Go ahead, Doc. It's, it's not so dry in here now. It's so. not so dry. <laughs> it's a lot nicer. It's nicer? It's more moist? Do you like the, the, well, moist, I, the I male just, moisture? I like having people in the studio when it's just you. Well, I mean, Brian's cool, but it's just <laughs> yeah, you. I know. It's just me. Oh, it <laughs> happened. Oh, I got to turn everyone's mics on. I'm not used to it. There we go. There we go. Yeah. That's probably good enough. Um, Say his fault. It's right. Um, so we have a beer for you, and then we're all going to do a commercial calibration of uh, Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. We haven't yeah. done a commercial calibration in a little bit, and of course, the purpose of that is just to get you guys tasting along with the BJCP judges, man, uh, which is, if I remember correctly, Brian and myself and not Doc. That's right. right. I, I forgot about that. It's not a judge. No. No. <laughs> On purpose. Well, that's on, that, that's, on, that's by design, buddy. Yeah. I know, I know, for sure. No, but uh, you know what I mean? Uh, we want to uh, just kind of elevate your palates a little bit, ele- give you a little more vocabulary to uh, discuss these beers that we kind of drink all of the time. And, and why are these, you know, uh, staples in our in our beer drinking environment? Uh, I guess here Nevada Pale Ale has been around for a long time, and uh, I think it will continue to be around for a long time. It, it, it pretty much set the standard for the Pale Ale. So we're going to uh, drink on that. And then uh, uh, Brendan, John, and Leo brought what the hell did you bring us? You turn this music off, stupid. You're stupid. A Vermont double IPA. A Vermont double IPA. What the hell is a Vermont double IPA? That's not a style. True. It's a double IPA fermented with Vermont giga yeast. Yeah. Basically, okay. yeah. We yeah. use the giga yeast, Vermont. Uh, and uh, kind of uh, take off on the Lawson's style. Um, very fruit forward and not too much danky and musty, but you know, mm-hmm. still loaded up with hop, but... Uh, Wanted to bring out some of those citrus you know, notes. You're, you're trying hard not to say the word juicy, and I yes. appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate that very juicy. much. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. Okay, well, that sounds great. I can't wait to drink it. Before we do that, though, I want to tell you guys about Five Star. You can go to fivestarchemicals.com and learn about everything you need to do to clean and sanitize your home brewing equipment. You can't do both at the same time. You have to clean, and then you have to sanitize. That's what you have to do, and do it all, and do it over and over and over again. That's uh, a really important key in making good beer. We all know that, and uh, the people at Five Star are making it really easy for you guys to know that, too. So check them out, fivestarchemicals.com. They sponsor this show. We love them dearly. We wouldn't be here without them. Um, you know, If you see them around, buy them a beer. Yeah. I was brewing today, and um, earlier I, I, you know, I cleaned out a, a carboy, and I had a or not, I, a keg, actually, and um, had this, you know, PBW water in there, and I just, like, you know, finished dumping out my coffee pot, and it had all these nasty, like, streaks on it of coffee and stuff, yeah. you know, stuff starting to build up. So I was, like, looking at the keg, looking at the coffee pot, and I just dumped it in there and let it sit for <laughs> for an hour and uh, and scrubbed it, and, yeah, nice and clean. And, you know, I mean, you can use it for a lot more. It's just, yeah, PBW is, is a, the wonder drug that works wonders. Yeah, I do it all the time. I use, uh, I, I clean my, like, stainless steel cookware, which yeah. is stupid. I, if, I, if I had to go back in time, I wouldn't have bought stainless cookware because... It gets dirty all the time. Dude, stainless cookware is the best. It's great. To... It's great, but uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm all cast iron guy yeah, now. Yeah, cast iron's good, too. Um, but when I do my, you know, I have a couple nice stainless pans, and uh, so I'll clean them with the PBW. I'll clean the the top of the oven with the PBW. Uh, it's great. I love yeah. that stuff. Yeah, I mean, sometimes getting them to not stick is, is like getting to the right temperature where you like actually just, you know, you get you dump, put eggs in there and just you get it. So yeah. It's nice and hot when you dump them in there and they just they just sear and then they won't stick, you know. Yeah. So if you just, yeah. Dude, uh, um, cast iron pans. Cast iron. Cast good. iron. So good. I love it. Eggs. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Every time. 
It's yeah. Doc, it's a little more challenging. To- you use cast iron, right? You guys, when you were a kid, you probably forged your own out of iron that you <laughs> yeah, pulled you from the mountain. Oh yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, low carbon steel was not even a thing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, oh, get, oh, back in the day of the Boy Scouts, yeah, there was a lot of cast iron. Who had to haul that? Those things are heavy, man. Yeah, yeah, it was. But you had one pot that did everything, and one, you know that it just did everything. Well, that's true. Yeah, and true. Uh, you, you clean it out with dirt, basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You want to, do you clean yours with salt and and oil, yeah, or just, do you you just uh, well? So there's there's this guy that I've been kind of following. He's like you know I, I call him the new like Jamie Oliver or whatever. Right. He, uh, I, he's like five names, but he's on uh, Serious Eats uh, that website. He okay. just has a book. It's like Kenji. Yeah, no, I've, Lo- I think I've heard that guy talk. Yeah. Alt Lopez or whatever the hell. Yeah. Um, super super knowledgeable dude. But yeah, he he released this kind of article about how you you don't have to do all like the crazy shit with your cast iron where you put it in the oven and layer it with Crisco and let it bake. Yeah. Basically, you just get it hot to what smoking. You put some oil in there and you just kind of rub it around and you let it cool. And then you yeah. do that like three or four times and that's how you initially season it. And then after you cook it, you can use soap with it. You can scrub it off, you don't, but just don't let anything sit in it, like uh, a yeah. liquid, and then just throw it on the oven, put it back um, on, the stove put it back on let it get smoking hot, turn the heat off, put some oil in it, rub it around, and that's it. And my wife and I have had ours for a year, so yeah. love them. There's I don't no use soap rust. on mine, but I like, if you cook something gnarly on really heavy, flavorful on it, yeah. the next time you cook, sometimes you get a little bit of the... Yeah, so I just so, soap, and, soap and water, scrub it out. Right. Yeah, the secret's okay. not letting it sit. Like, I have a yeah. cast iron, I do steaks, I do ribeyes on it, yeah. and throw them the, under the broiler. But if you just natural bristle brush, mm-hmm. right, you can just rub that out with hot water. But you got to, like, within 10 minutes. You're right on it, yeah. Right? Like, you'd be on it. If you yeah. leave it in the stove, like, in the sink sitting overnight, you're <laughs> Yeah, oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah for sure. season it all over, yeah. you know. <laughs> uh, should we take a break and then get into um, the beer? I don't need a break. Let's start talking uh, uh, Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. Our commercial calibration. So if you guys uh, you know, at home, pause this. Go self, gra- grab yourself a uh, six-pack of Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. And uh, how fresh is this one, uh, Brian? I think we should we should so to, discuss that as much as possible. Yeah, today is, we um, we're recording, it's August 17th, and this was packaged on uh, June 29th. So it's about a month and a half old. Okay. I could... I walked around the corner from my house and... Uh, oh, Doc has the same... We did a different one. Bought it at the AMPM. Was that June? You said June. Yeah, June, June 29th. Okay. Same one? Yeah. Okay. So it's only about a month and a half old. A little label on the top of the back label. Um, <laughs> yeah. that. Thank you. So, I mean, that's that's reasonable freshness, I think. You know, you're... I think that's what you're going to expect. Yeah. yeah. If you're going to get a beer, it's, it's traveled for a month and a half somewhere, usually, if it's sitting in your convenience store, so... But at least it'll be sitting there refrigerated. Yeah, refrigerated yeah. and not, not too much light on it. So, yeah, it's it's kind of, it's, uh, styles are changing, but uh, this is a, a common thread that's there. And when we talked about doing a commercial calibration, it's like, let's do one of the classics. And, you know, now they're east and west coasts, and, and um, they're pushing a lot of beer out there. So this is one that people can get and taste with us. And they, they go to great lengths to make sure that it tastes the same on the east coast and the west coast. So, um yeah, I'm getting, you know, in the aroma, definitely the the hops come out on top there. It's a moderate citrus, um, a little bit of a light grapefruity note underneath it, and an, and an earthy kind of hop character in there. Um, you get low kind of light carameliness from the specialty malts they use, and uh, a little, you know, the kind of nice breadiness from the base malt just supporting that. But the, yeah, the hops definitely win. It's not like a hop monster by any means today. No, not at all. Man. But at the time, if you can imagine tasting this in 1980, what came out of a homebrew recipe and being there at the time when there were like 100 breweries left in the United States, you know, when there had been like 1,700 before Prohibition, What's and tasting this, it's like... Wow, okay. Yeah. You know, this has some flavor in it. It's interesting, and I wonder if it's on the style guidelines because it's, you know, such a, a staple. But uh, here are the, the examples. Ballast Point, I'm sorry, uh, <clears throat> Modelo Grunion Pale Ale, uh, Firestone Walker Pale 31, yeah. uh, Great Lakes, whatever, Sierra Nevada Pale Ale, Stone Pale Ale, and Trogues Pale Ale. Drinking Pale 31 and then drinking this, it's like drinking, uh, I mean, a, a, a Pilsner and a Stout. I mean, they're so, they're the so style, different. Yeah, the Style Creep is, has, cha- has changed the beer style already. Yeah, it's, this is like, you know, right now I think of it as two styles. I think of classic American Pale Ale and then 
American Pale Ale 2.0. Like even Stone made their yeah. 2.0. They updated their Pale Ale, which, you know. I mean, I guess you got 30 to 50 IBUs, your OG 1045 to 1060. That's a decent swing. 4.5 to 6.2 ABV, 1010 to 1015, SRM 5 to 10. Yeah. Uh, this That's one, a pretty wide choke. Yeah. And this one clocks in at, you know, it's 38 IBUs and 5.6 ABV. It's kind of middle of the road for a lot of those those specs. It's not wimpy and it's not too heavy. Uh, but it's also not yeah. too bitter and not too overwhelming on the hops. I mean, some of the some of the the other pale ales you get these days are bordering on IPA to me. and, and it's Totally. Just, you know, okay, yes, yeah. people like hops, but there's something to be said for the balance and the restraint that you can get in a in a what I would call a classic American pill. Yeah, New Dogtown from uh, Lagunitas is like that. Yeah, um, I, I think it's bordering on an IPA. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a lot. It's too it's too bitter for me. It's a good in beer. my mind for the style. It's, it's a great tasty. beer. Yeah. I, I'm drinking it all the time now, but. Uh, I don't know. There's something to be said for yeah. kind of kind of the old the old guard. You know what I mean? Well, it's a very refreshing beer. It's clean and it's and it's just you know there's there, it's not just too high in alcohol where you're like wow it's kicking my ass. It's just you know um, it's you know point six stronger than most of the the basic American light lagers. It's you know not that much stronger. You know, a little richer, definitely a richer color. It's got a nice golden color, low off white head, kind of sticks around for quite a while and. Um, Excellent clarity, just a nice looking beer. Um, yeah, and the, in the flavor, the hops are again up front with it. It's not like wow, boom in your face, but just kind of a medium low, um, nice citrusy hop. Um, a little, you know, maybe some tropically notes in there too, but not not crazy gnarly modern hops. Um, anyway, so you know the the it has a really super clean ale fermentation. The Chico American Ale yeast is just kind of out of the way of the beer, lets the ingredients shine through. Um, you know, you get a low little toastiness in there in the malt too, a little breadiness, a little toastiness, a little caramel. And I'm getting like a light little mineraliness in the water, like a sulfate kind of quality. Hmm. But, um, you know, cleanly fermented. Um, finishes kind of medium dry. And the hops and... And a little bit of the malt lingers with it in the aftertaste. It just goes down clean, and it dries off, and then you want to take another sip. Um, Mouthfeel-wise, medium light body, medium carbonation, no alcohol warmth, really, to speak of. Uh, it's just it's slightly smooth and creamy. I'm, I'm not getting any astringency. It's a little bit, again, crisp and drying, kind of, on the palate. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's, it's a classic pale ale. Classic hops, uh, you know, Cascade changed everything. They they <laughs> yeah. they brought it in in, in uh, 1971 and just uh, you know before that you had your cluster and your nuggets and your, American hops weren't seen as something that were really exciting to brew with and and the the craft brewers that came out you know out of the home brewing scene in the 70s started putting breweries out in the late 70s and into the early 80s and beyond they they wanted to use what was local to them and and what was unique to them you know local local sourced hops and cascade fit the bill it was just like hey here's it's got a nice citrusy character to it yeah very American different hops are not yeah. not too bad you know and yeah now look at how many hops they grow in the northwest here. <laughs> right it's insane so yeah um i mean how much more classic can you get than the uh, than the sierra nevada pale ale it's just it it uh it started, you know, I mean, along with some other breweries at the time, Anchor and these guys and, yeah. you know, uh, some of the little ones that, that didn't survive. But uh, there was there was some cool things happening, especially on the West Coast back back in that time. So and I saw it when I was at uh, NHC a few years ago and Ken Grossman was giving the keynote speech. He had pictures of what they used to brew on, and it looked gnarly as and funky as some of the shitty home brewing equipment you see around. You know, it was like um, uh, uh, dairy equipment that they brought in and used for brewing. It was like just just pieced together, and they just made it work to so they could brew enough beer to push out there and start doing something with it. But they obviously knew what they were doing, so. Um, and then he flashed up some copies of the various iterations of homebrew recipes that they had gone through yep. to, as they were kind of prototyping this and, you know, what became a classic. So I think they have had definitely had a good eye for balance and something that, that had the potential to 
to go forth and do it, it's done. You know, it's, well, and that's what this style is about, which is pretty cool. This style yeah. is is balance. I mean, it used to be. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, now it, now it, it can yeah, be out of balance and still be okay. Yeah. Well, what did you give it? Do you want to score it? Uh, let's, let's see here. So even though, well, you figure that out, even though it's a month and a half old, it, it, this is actually one of the better examples yeah, that I've had of there's it. There's no, no oxidation. It's clean. Yeah. It's not. What do you think, Doc? Is it? No, I think I got a different bottle. Oh. Really? You did? Yeah. Uh, I didn't get oxidation out of it, but I almost got no hop aroma. Almost zero. Huh. Okay. It, it, it was, that's why I kept looking at the born on date kind of thing. <laughs> okay. Uh, the, well, the you, mountains blue or? Yeah. <laughs> Shit, they're green. It's probably also a little cold because I just pulled it out of the. Yeah, but it, it was just, I, I tasted every way this beer's ever been, been served. <laughs> that's true. Uh, anywhere from just fantastically fresh mm-hmm. to the most. Horrible keg in, in Vegas you've ever had. Yes, totally. Uh, and yeah. it depends on where you're sitting in Vegas on how fresh your Sierra Nevada is going to be. What do you mean? If, if you're at a good table, mm-hmm. uh, you're, it's going to be really fresh. If you're like playing the quarter machines and not talking to anybody and you're sitting at the bar and you <laughs> ask, for, ask for one of these, it comes out of the stale keg. That's what I do. It's do insane. You, are you serious? Do you no, think get, they do that? They, they have, they have it, better it, it beer? Goes, it goes where they come. Yeah. Really? Oh, it, it just it was. I went from here to here to here, and it was just. Where are you going? Like five different places to get me this beer. <laughs> it was is is totally different, and then you get uh, you know one from some place that's been letting it sit warm. Yeah. Uh, to it's just it's the whole gambit of this beer, okay. and, and it changes with how it's handled so well because we're we're expecting a certain kind of thing. It really does, and you know what beers uh, anchor steam changes immensely yeah, yeah. as it as it gets older and warms and so does Sierra Nevada Paleo. Yeah, and those it, two beers to me uh, 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 Sam Adams Boston Lager changes oh, really uh, uh, immensely as as well. And I don't I, know what what it is about these beers. Uh, I noticed that about Sam Adams when we were on the East Coast in, in Philly. Yeah. I was like, man, yeah. right there. They were good. It's great. It was good. Man. It was <laughs> I mean, good. it's good anyway, but this was like, wow. It's really yeah. good. Yeah. Uh, but this is we expect this to be such a standard Mm-hmm. And to be kind of the same as your go-to pale ale, it's, it's remember back when it first came out, and everybody's like, "Wow, this is clean, refreshing." Oh, hops! Oh my god! <laughs> and it was it was just so refreshing to have something new. Like like you, you coined it, yeah. Cascade just changed everything. Yeah, and everybody's clamoring to get. Everybody had one on their table whenever you're sitting down to dinner, and everybody's having one. <laughs> uh, and now it's just it's if it, it, if it's in your refrigerator, nobody bats an eye. They just kind of just grab it, and because they know it's yeah. a safe go to. Um, but I've had it just it changes so much. You never know what you're going to get, and sometimes yeah. it's it, this one's not skunky. It's not not cardboardy, nothing like that. But it was all the hops just just fell out of this one Interesting. I, I was expecting something i got nothing out <laughs> okay of all right i should have uh, hunted for one that was bottled yesterday i, I should have driven up yeah. to the brewery <laughs> you should have and 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 you know well, i'll, be, the, I'll, I'll you. be in chico tomorrow okay so maybe i'll swing have by some fresh there I'm, fresh. You know, I'm fresh i will okay. agree with you in that i've had it when it's when it's so fresh that you almost yeah you almost get some ipa like qualities it, yeah. out of it where it's pretty substantially you know the bitterness comes through a little more, and the hop comes through a little oh, more fresh. Than it, it can be too fresh sometimes yeah, for me, like, where it's just not melded yet, work. and it's, yeah. it's, it's yeah. not working yet. That you need a, a little bit of age on it to, to where everything kind of meshes together. This a little one's kind of what I expect of it. Of it, you know, it's not it's not old. It's not way past its prime. No, not at all. Yeah. But and it's not super fresh. Where it's like, oh dang, they just pushed this one out. Yeah, so. Man. Yeah, I think this is kind of you know middle of the road. This is a bottle of Sierra Nevada right here. Yeah, and it's, I, it's, I've, uh, had, I've had I've had it a lot worse. It's a very good go to. So but yeah, it's a very yeah. good go to. It, it it's a good safe haven, and it, it's it's a good thing if you're just starting out making pale ales. It's a, it's a, actually a good one to, to model it after for sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I w- I would say just you know it, it's a it's. It's it's uh, an excellent beer. I mean, it, 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 I would give it like a forty three, which is at the top end of excellent. Okay. If it was uh, a little fresher and a little better bottle, you could get into outstanding and be you know forty five to forty six, forty 
you know, 40-something. Yeah. But, yeah, it's a, I, I scored it a 43. Awesome. I think it's a classic. It's everything that I, you know. You want to throw a score in it, Doc? In a classic pale ale. I'm going with his score. Okay. Yeah. I just I just feel like I, <laughs> yeah. I got I got shortchanged here, and, yeah. I, and I would be uh, giving it a score just because of the lack of whatever I didn't get out of it. <laughs> right. Um but yeah, I always kind of wonder too if we were, we were tasting this blind mm-hmm. and not knowing it was a Sierra Nevada, would we score it the same? It wasn't juicy enough. Good question. <laughs> it wasn't juicy. Right. Enough. Uh, yeah. So, no, yeah, but it I'd does. There that. is a fruitiness too. That's another element of the in the aroma and in the flavor that comes through is the esters. Uh, you know, you get a nice apple pear kind of fruity esters in there popping up from the ale fermentation. And um, at the time when all you were used to drinking was lagers, that was also something surprising. And it also melds well with the citrusy aromas and flavors of the hops that are in there. So yep. it's just, you know, nicely balanced beer that worked out and, and made some history. So Awesome. Okay. Well, yeah. cool. Uh, well, that was here in Nevada Pale Ale, our commercial calibration. And, uh, yeah, drink it. And we'll be right back, and we'll be drinking some uh, something called a Vermont Double IPA, which I, I think maybe is made up. Uh, but we'll find out. It's Dr. Hobrew <laughs> back after this. <laughs> Hello, fellow BNers. This is Sully from the 21st Amendment Brewery located in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park. Before Nico and I opened the 21A and before I was a professional brewer, I homebrewed on my small four-burner apartment stove in a back house in Santa Monica, California, making my extract brews before graduating to the daunting idea of all-grain brewing. Homebrew books and information was hard to come by back then. The internet hadn't been invented yet, along with other things we take for granted today, like electricity and potable water. One thing I wish I had back then when I was learning was a radio show that could teach me the ins and outs of brewing and answer questions that I had about homebrewing, a resource for making great craft beer. The 21st Amendment Brewery is excited to be a proud sponsor of Dr. Homebrew, a great show that teaches you what you need to know about making incredible beer. Good stuff. Listen up. You might learn something. I certainly did. And thanks for your support. Tasty Crack Games. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, more beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. MoreBeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. MoreBeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to MoreBeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, More Beer's social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of the buzz, the forum, the learning center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. That's it. I've had it. I am never putting hops in my beer again. What? Why? It's just too ridiculous. Insane prices, stupid contracts, high shipping costs, crappy selection. Dude, you need Nico Brew. Nico Brew will rock your f***ing face right the f*** off your f***ing skull. $5 shipping to all 50 states, plus fantastic international rates get you low prices on Nico Brew's great selection of hops and more. Whether you're a home brewer, a pro brewer, or a home brew shop owner, Nico Brew can get you the hops you need in increments big and small, single orders, spot buys, or full contracts. And there's only one place to join the Uber Special Secret Elite Bare Bones Club, where you'll get the best deals anywhere. Holy f***ing shit! NicoBrew.com. N-I-K-O-B-R-E-W. NicoBrew, your bare bones buddy in the brewing business. Now, back to the examination. All right, thanks for sticking with us, everybody. Before we jump into this uh, Vermont Double IPA, I want to tell you guys about the iDip. We talk a lot about the iDip here because we love the iDip a lot here. Uh, the Smart Water Brew Testing Kit, or the iDip as it's affectionately called, incorporates a revolutionary photometer system, which is the first and only one on the market with its own 
app. So a photometer, handheld, you put a little water, four mils of water in there, put a test strip, you wiggle it around for 20 seconds, and that's it. You don't have to do any math. You don't have to do any sort of titration. You don't have to count anything except, uh, you know, 10 seconds of your life. It's pretty great. It's awesome for your home brewery or for your commercial brewery as well. It's definitely not one of those things where it's one or the other. It can it can scale up with you wherever you want to take it. Uh, it pairs via Bluetooth, and then you can upload your water results instantly to your own personal water profile. And then you can add that. You can uh, share that on Facebook or whatever to your homebrew club, or you can email it to the other brewers on your team, all that kind of stuff. You can uh, test over 40 different water quality tests. Uh, it comes for uh, four companies. Preloaded, and you can test for things like total alkalinity, chloride, calcium hardness, pH, sulfate, blah, 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 blah. All more, uh, yeah, like I said, f- over 40. That's a lot. That's a lot of tests, man. And so you can use it uh, you, uh, if you have a pool. See, this is, this is the deal. You're right. This is the deal, Brian. If, you have a, if you're married and you have a pool... And you want you want to tell your wife, I want to get one of these things for for brewing. She'd be like, No, dude. What I want to do is get this for the pool, so I can better <laughs> accurately measure all the chlorine that I'm putting in the pool, and so we can stay safer and save money. And she'll go, You're the best. You're the best husband ever. So you're a home brewer with the pool and a and a reverse osmosis system for your house water system, and you yeah, you need um, you need the eye dip. Yeah. Right. You've reached that point. You need to take it to the next level. <laughs> yeah. uh, anyway, go to smartbrewkit.com. Learn all about the iDip. And uh, if you enter TBN10 you, uh, checkout, you can save 10 bucks on either the standard or advanced Smart Brew testing kit. Smartbrewkit.com. Check them out. You might want to get the standard one. The standard one? Why? Yeah, for you. For not me? The, not the advanced. No, I'm, I'm no. too stupid. <laughs> I didn't <laughs> just say that. Dumb. No, but you implied it. I know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> of course I did. <laughs> Look, I may be an idiot, but I'm not stupid, okay? I don't know, whatever. Yeah. <clears throat> um, a testing kit that even JP can use. <laughs> I've used it before. I like it. I think it's a cool product, man. <laughs> it is. But see, and if, if, I, if I monkeyed around with my water at all, which I probably should do, but I'm not smart enough to do it, I would totally buy one. Uh, like, I can't make pale ales for shit. They, they, like any 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 pale beers, uh, they're not hoppy enough, and I need to adjust my That's water. True. And yeah. I just don't. Yeah. I just don't. So, so I know you have sponsors, but mm-hmm. there's a free kit at Home Depot. You can just send in. Nope. You put a little vial in, and they mail back your exact water profile. Yeah, you can do that. You can you can you can. And it doesn't do that. change that much if you're on a groundwater. I mean. Municipal supply in the in the Bay Area does for sure. I think it does. Yeah. Anyway. But this way, you know. So if you're if you are building your water from the ground yep. up, then you can test it right there, and you know exactly yeah. how much it is instead of doing all that math. So you can definitely do that route. And it's a lot cheaper. Uh, but this way is a lot it's more. Pretty, in, it, it's kind of instantaneous too. Yeah. 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 Where I am, sometimes it's like seventy thirty ground and surface water, and then they flip it. Other times it's like thirty yeah. to seventy. Yeah, it gets know, crazy out here. Yeah. Especially with that drought going on. All right, we have Brendan, John, and Leo. Right? Full student. Yes. Did I get everybody's name yes, right? Yes, sir. All right. And how long have you guys been living together? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, how long have you guys been brewing together? Uh, about four years. About, about four, four years? years? Okay. Awesome. And uh, how'd you guys meet? That's Homebrew club? No. Work? Uh, <clears throat> our wives. What is the show rated? Okay. Our wives. <laughs> our wives are in a uh, uh, Los Madres group. So, uh, a what? You know, Los Madres. It's... Uh, Women who get together, similar age children, mm-hmm. and we were the moms. We were drug to these family events. That's Spanish. We found each other at the See. beer cooler. Oh, nice, nice. They drugged you and they brought you to. The- That's right. <laughs> yeah, That's right. for sure. What? So now you guys are friends and brewers, and they're hating. We're, we're not hating friends. The day we they just ever, actually brew together. They're, they're, they're <laughs> yeah. hating the day that they. That's right. You, Actually, you, you don't know how true John's that our mascot. <laughs> yeah. yeah, my, my <laughs> wife is not part of the mom's group. I, I met them because I love beer and I love brewing beer. So nice. So you're the odd yes. man out, the most, right. the most hated one? Yeah, I, I have freedom, as they call it. So um, I, I think they're, the, they're jealous of me. Uh huh. Well, yeah, why wouldn't yeah. they be? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, okay, so what is, tell me what a Vermont style double IPA is, please. So we were trying to do, as you said, we're going to avoid the word juicy. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, thank so, you. So, you know, we wanted a really uh, bright, fruit-forward uh, double IPA that drank not like a double um, and brought out the, the match of, is when we get into the rest of the, you know, the recipe, it's, it's basically 100% citra hop um, paired up with that Vermont um, giga yeast 
uh, and the, the the coupling brings out a lot of that fruit esters, and that's that's the style we were going for. Mm-hmm. Um, very drinkable, very fruit forward, very crisp, um, and that's the style. So again, it uses Vermont uh, Vermont yeast, okay. um, but that's about the extent of the the Vermontness. So we were chatting at the break, and uh, you guys were talking about you were trying to go for one of those cloudy IPAs, but without the cloudy. Yeah, exactly. So okay. we, we replicate the mouthfeel. Mouthfeel. Okay. So we used um, oats in the recipe instead of wheat, um, and then uh, you know, so it, it crisps up and 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 clarifies. Have you had many of those New England style IPAs? Yeah, I've had a bunch. So I, okay. I went to school in Boston. That was actually when you were talking about you know um, uh, a lot of the the East Coast style. That's kind of what I. Wearing the shirt from Yingling and Trogues, <laughs> I actually grew up in Hershey. Oh, nice! Um, so, shout out to, to Trogues. Um, so, yes, I'm very familiar with sort of East Coast style and Northeast uh, IPAs, but then moved okay. out here, you know, a while ago and uh, like the West Coast, but um, tend to be a little dank for me and and wanted to do a little, you know, a little less and a little brighter. I agree with you on that. The the the, the dank IPA thing, I, I think, is changing a little bit. Yeah, uh, I think, I definitely. Is, I think it's coming more brighter uh, because of these new kind of citrusy yeah. hops it's that are coming to suck through. Me in because <laughs> yeah. I, I've been anti IPA forever because yeah. I just I just can't get behind something that's a palate killer for me. Right. Yeah, and now it's it's coming around where we're having a lot more aroma, a lot more stone fruit, right. a lot more melon kind of stuff mm-hmm. that kind of and i really like that it's right. much more interesting to me yeah. yeah definitely yeah we tailor the recipe to do a lot more aroma i mean when we we talk about what we did with it i mean it's it's most of it's you know 20 minutes less and through and we whirlpooled and so we were going for the aroma yeah right? mm-hmm. and less of the you know the bitterness so the only one that i've really had is a heady topper yeah uh, a listener sent it into the session several months ago and it was a week old and it just tasted like kind of trash it's kind of like trash homebrew. It was like uh, DMS and just didn't really smell all that great. Did you drink it out of the can? Uh, no, we poured it in the... Uh, we poured that's it in the problem. That was it. Yeah. Oh, really? You have to drink... Yeah, <laughs> yeah whatever. Did you ship whatever. it in the middle of the summer? Uh, when was that, Doc? Were you here for that? Mm, yeah. I, I want to so. say it was the spring... I forget when. Warren would know. Yeah. I it, forget exactly when. Did it sit on the tarmac in Phoenix? Yeah. It probably. may have. It may have. Who knows? Mm. Uh, but but you know and and look I, I I don't know if it was uh, super to me it was as fresh as it can get because it was a week old right. uh, but you're right it could have been uh, totally mishandled in shipping I have no idea uh, but that's the only example that I've had and now that style is kind of creeping out and I'm just against it just based on aesthetic I think it looks like dishwater right. I think it looks gross um, and uh, Dave at Flattail and I brewed a beer similar intentions. And I never got to try it because it went on here and was gone in a day. So I never got to taste any of it all. So I'm glad that you guys had the same goal. Right. And um, I get to try this now. It's great. So how, 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 how does it compare? So, so we cloudy didn't try to make uh, Hetty, right? Like, Hetty's great, but yeah. um, I actually think it's the West Coast version of the East Coast ales, mm-hmm. right? So we, we were going more okay. like uh, Lawson's Finest, Sip of Sunshine, very bright, which is... It's got a little haze to it, but um, is very crisp and drinks more like a session. Like it's what you want as a summer if you're going to drink double IPAs. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of sounds we're, totally, reason, uh, totally reasonable, reasonable right? and responsible. Totally responsible. Right. You know, we've served this keg. You know, at at both graduation parties. Shouldn't serve to eighteen year olds. By the no, way. that's Public not college, college, college graduation. College graduation. Yeah. yeah, for uh, sure. And, you know, the, the keg goes and it's in the summer. Everybody, you drink three, four, five. People think it's a session and it's, you know, eight, eight and a half percent. Do you warn them or like do you, or when, no, they're, when they're not. throwing up, do you say, hey, by the way, gotcha. <laughs> so gotcha. Coming of age, right? Yeah. That's how you, yeah. that's what you do. Yeah. But comparatively to, to a, a, a I think it's a, better a cloudy than cloudy. I don't think the Thank cloud you. adds anything. I don't think so either. You can get so like either. again. You can get the mouthfeel. You can get the creaminess. Yeah. Right. Like my wife says. Oh, I like this one. It's creamy, and she doesn't like IPAs. Right. Um, without without doing that haze. I agree. Uh, okay. Well, let's let's uh, dive into this. Doc, let's make you go first because you love uh, IPAs, especially oh, yeah. double IPAs. It uh, does. Right. Oh, Doc's, yeah, Doc's know, empty again. I, I got to refill. I was just jumping up and down on this one when you said, <laughs> "Oh, hey." Um, so originally, the, the, when we when I judged it, I had it in one of these. Cool stainless steel, that fourteen ounce or whatever that yeah, is, swell bottles, yeah. Um, and now I'm drinking it out of that cool growler that you have. Two totally different beers. Oh my god! Mm. 
So it just tells me this beer is fragile, very fragile. Uh, totally different beers. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I when I first opened up, the, the aroma was just moss grapefruit. It was great. It was yeah. great, man. It just a lot of grapefruit came through. Uh, really clean hop aroma. Uh, maybe a little vegetal. Um, because when you throw that many hops in there, you're going to get some vegetal. But that was really on the back end of it. Yep. Um, uh, maybe, and then and it just it got a little one-dimensional for me. And that was out of the this bottle. Yep. Totally different coming out of that growler. This is almost totally different beer. And this one, it, it just... It's like the big brother of the, of the other one. It, it, it's just, it just comes across as, wow, this thing is changed quite a bit how long had they been in the uh, in the smaller bottles uh versus the growler uh so uh, actually the probably the difference is the the way we did a dry hop so we did a circulating dry hop where we actually built a torpedo and a, basically a hop back out of a, a, a corny keg uh and i pulled off so we did 20 gallons mm-hmm. in the batch right okay. so i pulled off uh, started. I did four kegs in series, five gallons each, and then I pulled them off at different times. And so the one we actually put in in the this original mm-hmm. stainless steel, which is the vegetal, was the longest of the dry hop. And okay. It was probably a little too long. It was 36 hours on full circulation. Um, this one was in the middle, so this was 24. So we pulled it All off right. 12, 12 hours earlier, which is, again, if I did it again, I would stop it. Uh, 24, right? Because I think yeah. it, it over dry hopped and it gave a little of that vegetal note to this and probably killed the aroma. It did, yeah, it, well, yeah, probably drove off the aroma on it because I didn't really get a complex aroma like right. I'm getting off of the other one. Right. So, two totally different beers right. on this and this whole thing. I'm. I mean, as far as package, when did you package oh, the packaging this? Is about, I mean, so ten days ago, maybe okay. twelve, twelve days. Yeah, good. And the growler was tonight, right? Poured it off of a keg and okay. brought it in. That's okay. That was my question. Okay, go ahead, Doc. Sorry. So yeah, it's, it's just it, I just really tell the difference. And, and right. Good straw color, um, possibly a little too dark for a for a double IPA, but I'm not going to count you down for that one. <laughs> <laughs> That's the Cara well, Munich. Yeah. So, uh, but it it, it that kind of adds to the mouthfeel mm-hmm. quite a bit. Um, uh, it, it's still kind of slightly hazy, which that's from the dry hopping. You got to get you know the oils and stuff coming coming through that. Um, Are you high? Yeah, it's no. You <laughs> that is no okay. Well, clear is about no. no it I'm is talking clear. About the, I mean, I'm, I'm talking about the first one. Yeah, the first one. Oh, okay. The first one was a little hazy. The first for sure. one is the one my judging sheet from. Okay. Okay. All and right. it was a little on the hazy side, which is You're probably right. maybe little, the vegetable yep. stuff coming yep. through. You're right. Um, so I'm I'm trying to compare two different things here, but my, my scoring sheet was off the first one. You're doing great, totally Abby. You're doing great. So far. Uh, lots of lots of fruity esters still. I still you know really got that coming through. Yeah. Uh, medium high bitterness, uh, but the cool thing is it didn't linger. It didn't sit on my tongue and just kill my palate. Yep. Well, it's pretty substantially bitter, yeah. It was it was bitter, but, but it, it goes it, away. But it went away. Yeah, it didn't just like smoothed out. It's kind of those, dried out. I think it, with the water and the mineraliness. Yeah, maybe. yeah. And I really that's the saving grace for me because if if I get one and my palate's dead, I'm not liking your beer. But this one now the new it's kind of the newer style. It's like it's not crazy. It's it bitter up front, but it's not that. That lingering bitter that that just happens sits, with a double IPA. Yeah, yeah. It just sits on your tongue and the guy goes, "Yeah, bitter." No, it's not. It's not okay. Uh, yeah, we tried for probably two years to do exactly that. Get rid of that long. Like we, we you know, we'd make double IPAs, different styles. We'd try pliny yeah. clone, etc. And it was great. And then thirty seconds after you took your sip, you're still chewing it. Yeah, like you said, yeah. God, it would kill you, you're, right? You're, yeah, you're, you're chewing it, trying to get saliva in your mouth right. to, to, to try to rinse it off of your tongue. Right. So yeah. that's exactly what we were going. We were trying to get rid of the lingering bitterness and trying. Right. To, there's a couple things, like you said, minerality. We you know we threw a little corn sugar in so it cleaner finish. Yeah, we like screwed around with the the pH and the water balance. Right, we added some phosphoric acid to the to the mash to bring it down, get rid of the bicarbonate. Um, so we, you know, we we did a lot of things to try to get rid of that. We still want the bitterness. I mean, it is still a target 
hundred IBU, right? I mean, it's a big, right, big hot bill, but without, right, it. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, are you still using phosphoric? Yeah, eighty-five percent phosphoric. Yeah. Acidify the spartor. Yeah, it's a good way to keep astringency out of your way too. Because if you have astringency with a high bitter beer, it just kills you. So we have like three hundred and ten. Um, you know, bicarbonate where we are. I mean, it's yeah. really hard water. Yeah, I mean, you yeah. look at your shower, it gets green in like a week, right? I mean, it's super hard water. So you got to treat it if you're going to brew with it, unless you're doing a, you know, a northern German pills or something that wants real hardness. Yeah. yeah. You got to kill it. <laughs> yeah. You, you can almost, you can almost taste the, the difference in, uh, it could be because it's the phosphoric acid. Uh, if you've ever done a side by side brew with the different acids. No, I've never. The only acid lactic I tried. What other lactic uh, instead? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, lactic. Uh, you can use hydrochloric. You can use different ones in there. And the there's the main two are going to be lactic or phosphoric, yeah. and you can taste the difference. <laughs> lactic taste it gives it kind of a sharper kind of sourness, but it's yeah. not really. But the the phosphoric almost gives it a soda pop kind right. of uh, almost a sweetness. Mm, okay, it, it, adds it, a little sulfate, right? Uh, the phosphoric doesn't it? No, no. No, just fought, just phosphor. but it's 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 a different kind of really a different flavor profile mm. on it. And if you can match it to your different mm-hmm. beer style, and, and oh, until you point. do the two side by side ones, it's amazing. You can't really until you do that, yeah. and once you wow, you can really you really taste it. So, uh, good job on that, by the way. Um, uh, so I, I got a, kind of a light mouth feel with it, which I liked. On, on the first one, it wasn't thin though. You know, people try to really dry out these things to the yeah. point where it's almost it's just nothing there just anymore. Nothing yeah. there anymore. Uh, so, but you don't want it to be that that, that kind of chewy sweetness either. Yeah. And so it, it was it was a nice light mouthfeel. Really good on that one, um, without being thin, which is nice. And then you were mentioning that you you know, using oats in there, mm-hmm. which kind of. Kind of adds to that because it's it gives you that that slickeriness. It gives you some thickness in that in that mouthfeel without being sweet or that that you know too much protein kind of thing. Yeah, I like using oats in a beer. It can kind of lighten up the body a little bit, but still give you a little a feeling of a little more substantialness to mm-hmm. it. A little, the oiliness. Yeah, and it could save you from being you know, too thin and mm-hmm. uh, watery, which we've all had those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of, kind of going, going past the point of what you're trying to right. do. Right. Uh, love the CO2 level. Uh, I still like the growler, growler much better. Yeah, uh, definitely. Um, for the for the first bottle one, it just it it was okay. It was good in a lot of ways that you know I like about IPAs now. I didn't like before. <laughs> uh, so. I give it about a thirty-four in the first round. Okay. Uh, the Growler one, totally loving that one. Yeah. So I I give it ten points more. The Growler. Cool. I give it in, in the in a forty-three forty-four range now with because the Growler is just so much fresher. It's yeah. Pick it's, one. Well, it doesn't matter, I guess. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So great. Cool. Yeah. All, All right. So you, got, you, you got two beers to judge here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah two for the price of one. Nice. Yeah. Well, like, so we, you know, we did a few. We held one thing constant or a bunch of things constant and varied one and tried to experiment. And yeah. It, it shows. Yeah. Yeah. That's what you got to do. All right, Brian. Go yeah. for it, dude. You're yeah. Up. I agree with a lot of what Doc said. Overall, that the, the growler, the, it tastes fresher and better. And um, we landed similarly score-wise. Um I really I, I enjoyed the aroma. I thought a nice um, tropical hop note come up front. I really like Citra, so when you said Citra, that didn't surprise me. I, I just brewed a, a Citra Chinook like um, kind of red IPA thing today myself, and just kind of like uh, blending that with, with some different hops. I like the tropical stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Um, man. It's good. Yeah, a uh, little bready base malt, just kind of unassuming and, and pleasant. Um, you know the the esters come across, and I, I don't I didn't want to use use the word juicy, but it's like sometimes you have uh, like what I call a, kind of a juicy fruit ester. It's right. like that juicy, mm-hmm. juicy fruit chewing gum, right? In an aroma, you know, and it just it has like a lot of different like you know a little bit of tropical, a little bit of citrus, a little bit of 
uh, just different kinds of esters popping through that and apple and just you know the fruit basket right. of, of fun. So um, yeah, that's what quality we're for. quality fruity esters in there for sure. Clean, no DMS, no diacetyl. Uh, appearance wise, I thought it was it was it was fairly clear. And uh, yeah, the the the, cake, the the growler one's even a little clear, more clear. But yeah, I was expecting a haze monster, so I was like, you know, it was nice <laughs> that it was at least reasonably clear. Yeah, so appearance yeah, wise, it was pretty good. Just uh, had a low whitish head that, that faded pretty quickly after pouring. Uh, again, might be some might be the glassware a little bit here, but I'm not sure. But uh, yeah, just fine pinpoint bubbles kind of ringing the glass at this point. So yeah, appearance wise, pretty nice, kind of where you want to be. Nice, a nice pale gold color. Uh, Flavor wise, it's a it's a very clean um, imperial IPA with with pleasant fruity tropical and citrus hops. Uh, the bitterness did stick out a little bit too high to me in the beginning on the um, the bottle version, and maybe the, you know I don't know if it was a little, little I don't know what it was, but yeah, it was just a little. The bitterness did seem to stick out a little bit, but it, with that mineraliness too in there, and it seemed like yeah, I was interested in talking about what you did to treat the water, yep. uh, minerally water imp- impression in there, but it definitely balanced the hops and that the citrus and and pineapple and other mango and stuff got lingering in the aftertaste. Really dig that. Uh, medium light body, very quaffable. Just uh, the the way that Doc was talking about the body, spot on. Uh, the carbonation is kind of medium low. I thought I could use a little bit more at the the first sample. I think the the growler version is a little is a little better there too. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, mouthfeel wise, pretty good. I didn't get uh, any big astringency. Maybe just a little tiny, a tiny tiny touch. But since you're acidifying your sparge water, that helps take care of a lot of that. And uh, but yeah, you you want to make sure you have enough. Uh, Calcium in your water to keep your mash happy and do all the all the things you need yeah, to so do. Yeah, this there. is about one twenty ppm. Okay, on calcium, we yeah. add a little gypsum. Good, good. Yeah, I get a little sulfatey thing. It's very it? high yeah. in sulfate. We actually so the style I was going for was about two fifty oh, on the water yep. profile. Um, that's intentionally, pretty, it's high. Yeah, that's it's high. high. Makes it snap. Yeah, it just snap. <laughs> it plays um, off those hops in a pretty nice way. So but I, it's yeah, maybe could, a little high. I you can bring it down a little. Probably dial that back a little yeah. bit. And, but, yeah, as long as you have enough calcium, you can, yeah, get it in there different ways. <laughs> um, but I don't know if you built up partly from RO and, and blended in some of your water or what you ended up doing. But, um, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit. But, yeah, overall, it was a nice, pleasant drinking uh, uh, Imperial IPA, a lot of excellent qualities. I would just, um, well, I don't know. Honestly, tasting it again, and, and, and I agree that the, the Growler version is a little better. But um, I was going to say, you know, backing off the bitterness just a little bit and bringing up the CO2 a little bit uh, would help or watching the bottling technique if it's fine from the keg. Um, But, yeah, you might want to play with that water a little bit and just just dial back. It's getting plenty of that sulfate accent that you get that that makes the hops play so nicely, but it's maybe a little too much. And I think if you pulled that back – then some of the um, the tropically notes would be a little more prominent in the flavor because I like the aroma better than the flavor. Um, I thought the aroma was great and and had a nice inviting tropically thing. You might also try blending in some different hops besides just citra, yeah. which it's one of my favorites, but I like blending it with others. Uh, do some of the, the experimental hops that are coming out. Some of them are just great too, just really fun stuff to play with. Um, yeah, you probably won't blend in any any Simcoe since you're going for an East Coast style. <laughs> Man, I was going to say, the first time I had an all Simcoe IPA, I was like, what the hell is this hop? And it's like, just this. it tastes like garlic and onions. And, you know, yeah. why does no. anyone like this? It's but then when cellar, you taste yeah. one that's that's balanced and, and you, you taste a Pliny, that beer is good in its, in its own right. And it's a very, you know, it's reached a balance where you... You get enough of the uh, tropically and other elements to, to play off that dankness, then it works. But just dankness by itself, I agree. That's just yeah. too one-dimensional. Yeah. And, you know, you can swing too far the other way and just have only tropically. But right. you can you can accent it with other light things in there to have, to have some fun. But it seems like you guys are into experimenting with, yeah. with uh, what you're doing and, and, and having some, you know, putting in some new ideas and, and playing around with it. So... Um, but yeah, I scored it a 35 for the first one, but probably the 
the growler version, I'd be more like a 38 or something like that. Okay. It's a, it's a nice, nice, clean drinking beer. Uh, just needs some slight adjustments. Awesome. The funny thing is, is we tasted these cakes last week. <laughs> and we were sitting at the table in his backyard thinking, which, which cake should we give him? <laughs> we chose wrong, I guess. <laughs> who, who, wait. Who, who chose wrong? Your wife. Yeah, oh, well, burn. Yeah. I don't know. Uh-oh. It was you. <laughs> Throw the ladies under the bus. No, you guys, right. did, you guys did fine, no, man. They're, I mean, they're, you, they're, I think, yeah. I, think uh, uh, I mean, the hard part is it's not really style. Right. So, uh, but but you hit your target, you, what you were trying to do. And bringing two? Exactly. That was key. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. We were, yeah. We, yeah. So, so, again, we wanted to get rid of any of that kind of mossy danky. Like, probably go a little too far, like you said, over to the right, but yep. intentionally. I mean, we do a, a West Coast-style IPA as well, yeah. and we use the... You know, all the Pliny Hops and do all of that. And it's great, but it's that dank, musty. CTZ. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, the, the, yeah, the, the, yeah, the and, CTZ is where all the And our buddy, you know, our friends from. and siblings and wives that, you know, like IPAs, that's great. But anybody else, they're like, oh, my God, it's, I, can't, I can't drink this, right? It's so just, I wanted to make something that was a, still a eight and a half double IPA, had a lot of hop, but you could give it to people that weren't. Like, super yeah, IPA exactly. guys, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah, and so they're like, "Oh, that's juicy and great and fresh, and I could have four. Dock yeah. them yeah. two points uh, for the word yeah. you juicy. Uh, juicy, please." And then you go back and you yeah. go, "Well, that was eight and a half percent, so you probably shouldn't it, have four. That's what I was going to say. Is it's pretty? Yeah, it's pretty deceptive. It doesn't taste like an eight and a half percent. It does not. No, it does not. It definitely tastes like somewhere maybe in the sevens or right. thereabouts. It yeah. it really well. Super smooth. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you guys have any questions for these? Uh, Two, two co-hosts of mine. <laughs> uh, so playing with the water profile again. Yeah. So we added. So again, we you know we have really hard water. Like I said, where where we we are in San Jose, um, decent calcium, but like you know way up. So we we add the acid. I'll try the lactic. That's interesting. Yeah. Didn't didn't know about different styles of acid. Um, and we added we added some gypsum. Right. So I did about one one and a quarter grams per gallon. So so dial that back to maybe one. 70.75, just bring that sulfate count down a little bit is what you'd recommend? Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't go above. I'd stick around a 180, 190. Yeah. 250 is really uh, pushing it. Yeah. Uh, do you know what your sodium level is? Uh, I can give it to you in a second. It's 60, I want to say. Huh. Uh, uh, oh, actually, really low, 15. Oh, that's great! Yeah, yeah that, that you, you, those will clash really yeah. bad. You want to watch yeah. that? Um, yeah. kind of watch that. Yeah. Sodium's really low. One forty calcium, thirty six magnesium, <laughs> two forty salt. Like I said, two forty, two fifty sulfate, fifty oh. chloride. Exactly. And then we the acid brought the bicarbonate down to you know fifty. Right? And the, these from, numbers are off from the uh, theoretical off the San Jose yeah. water um, profiles. Yeah, we right. never uh-huh. measured. You, you, need, yeah, you need the eye dip right now <laughs> because they, they're, they're switching reservoirs back and forth, and they're going to just mess with you. Right. So your consistency is going to be right. out the window. Right. We have yeah. one, a BN one. I've been waiting for you to get your homebrew set up to give it to you. Let you let you play around with it. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. He gets the cool stuff and then lets me play with it. So. Yeah. After we've all used it. Nate's it, already used it. Yeah. Brian's I know. used then it. Then I finally get to play with it. You get thirds, man. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the, the difference that, the, again, what we were trying to sort of uh, experiment with yeah. and, you know, hold everything else constant, 20, 20 gallon batch. And then we did this. So the frustration for us, you know, we like to make IPAs, doubles, et cetera. Um, but that, like, you know, waiting seven days, 14 days for the dry hop. And then another, you know, week to carb, week ten days to carbonate. So you're like, you're out a month. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was you know frustrating. So we tried to figure out how to condense that. Yeah. So we were looking online. We found this, you know, sort of process. Guy was saying, well, if you circulate right during a dry hop, mm-hmm. um, you're obviously it's just like uh, doing the, the the yeast starter where you're on a stir plate, right? And you're mm-hmm. you're getting. Yeah. I do the manual version of that. Like, yeah. Right. But I mean, how often do <laughs> you go down there? Right? Out there at three in the morning. Oh, anytime yeah, to shake stir more, stir. Yeah. So so you know we we experiment. We were like, all right, can we do it in a carboy? And we put a magnetic stir underneath with a large stir bar. Huh, that doesn't work. Can't do that. Yeah. So we played around, and so we ended up doing a sit, uh, a setup where. Um, we're doing it through um, our our pump that we do our normal okay. um, brewing when we you know we do the the whirl, whirlpool and etc. Um, and I took one keg and I cut about a half an inch off the dip tube, put one of those little sleeves uh, sieves sleeves yeah. on it, okay, um, and used that one as the dry up. So we put all the all the hop in the first keg, and then I did four kegs in series. 
and then pumped it. Yeah, there you go. He's he's got the picture. Show doc. Show doc. <laughs> um, so <laughs> right. So I got four jumper together. Yeah. Running through the pump, and you can just circulate the whole thing, and nothing clogs because you have the the filter on that first dip. Tube. Like a mesh screen, essentially. Exactly, mesh screen. Exactly okay. what it is. So you right. got a mesh screen on the first. Um, I'm and with so you. I'm with you. You turn the whole thing on, and yeah. you're, you you you're literally circulating the whole thing through. Um, so the so. We pulled one off at 18 hours, one at basically 24 hours, and one at 36. The the ones you guys didn't like as much was the longest, okay. uh, 36. Yeah. So, okay. but I mean, I'm telling you, you can dry hop a seven day dry hop in 24 hours. Yeah, and it's not makes same effect. You yeah. get the same effect, same results, same results, same effect, better? same utilization. Well, I think it's great. I like, would think it'd be better because it's less contact with all the same the thing. Green and stuff, that's right? I think as it went longer. And it was in contact, long, you know, with with the stuff. So, right. so if you, you know, even turn up the volume and, and crank it, even, you know, maybe even a little faster. You get more of the fresh lupuliny stuff exactly. than the plant matter. Right. So we, yeah. we found that as a cool technique and and had a lot of fun doing that. And then basically just jumpered them into another set of kegs, used the same setup and carbonated. So we were talking, you know, with uh, Tasty out there and and did the same. I put a T on um, the setup and I had I put my co2 on so mm-hmm. that i turn that on and i can do this the um circulating through the four kegs with co2 pumping in and you can carbonate in about an hour there you go yeah mm-hmm. um, good brendan you said you couldn't uh stir plate it yeah it just didn't quite work in the glass car a do- it's kind of domed yeah. a little bit yeah. oh no i, I got that handled yeah oh yeah oh yeah well you do uh you have to use a special stir bar it's, it's called a barbell yeah and then you have to you no know, it, it looks like a freaking barbell and that you got to get it on the top of the dome, and yeah. then uh, we'll talk about it afterwards. How you get that thing on the top of the dome, and then it works. Huh. I, I think Lee had a setup like that too when they were. Yeah, they had his yeah. auction, and and they had a, a thing like they, the way they explained it was like, well, it seems like this stirs a whole carboy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I've been doing this for yeah. uh, for ten years. I can yeah. see what he was so doing. Okay. I mean, it, it was frustrating to me, and so I figured out how to how I could make this happen, and then get to that get that stir bar. In the middle of that dome, and yeah, you can do it. Yeah, that's great. I mean, it, for us, it, it you know we can do twenty. I don't even haven't even pushed it right. We'll see how many you can put in series for one, right before one of those. Uh, what's the pump we have? Uh, the marsh pump. Yeah, the marsh pump. Before that, like kicks out, but um, you just basically have to sacrifice not even really, but one corny where you cut a little bit off the dip tube and use that yeah. as our, I use our that, torpedo. I use that as a, as a bright tank. So I, yeah. I pump from the secondary into that and let it sit, and then. Yeah, that crack cold crash and that comes off of that yeah. one. As long as you're not but, getting any oxygen picked. Yeah. No, there's not. It's all yeah. it's all, all sealed. Right? It's, it's all sealed. Like everything, yeah. you rack it from the the primary, right, right into the CO2 filled, mm-hmm. um, uh, basically the, the cornies as secondaries, and you just drop in your dry hop and, and circulate. It's the same on thing Sierra Nevada is doing with their torpedo. Yeah, yeah. And there's, for sure. There's exactly no reason you guys is, can't put two March pumps in series. Yeah, if you needed to, right? Uh, well, if was, you said if you put enough of them in there, right, you're, exactly. you're going to have to do something because you're going to get some drag. Right. Right, yeah. For yeah. now, we can do four of them in series with the single pump. Well, and so. you're not, it, there's no oxygen nope. beat up. I no, mean, with yeah. a March pump, it's not self priming. Nope. So you, there is a little yeah. bit of air in there, and you got to purge it up. But I would be afraid no. that you would beat the beer up and maybe go like a SureFlow, like a diaphragm pump. We but this debated actually that. works really he well. Yeah. Yeah. We had a long text conversation about that. Were <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. you guys millennials? Yeah. Oh, I guess. Emojis so. and shit? He lives here with his protest. Everything. And his, his wife is pissed off about the, uh, the noise of the pump going overnight. Yeah, it's so a loud I, pump. Yeah, yeah. March so, pump's loud. So I thought the diaphragm, because I thought the same thing, that, that, that the March pump would just beat the crap out of the beer. Yeah. And, 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 uh, but, no, no bubbles. I mean, I can show you. I took a well, video yeah. of it cycling through. Zero yeah, bubbles. As long as you don't no see foam, anything no going nothing. through the tube. Well, no, it came out Should great. Unless, yeah. Until you turn on the CO2. And the really interesting part is when you're doing the carbonation, because you got the T, right? So you have the in coming and the out and then the CO2 coming in. Yeah. So clean, clear as anything. And then you see these bubbles just pulling into the, to the out, right? The CO2 coming in. solution. In a yeah. solution. It's awesome. You do that for, literally, because you cold crash it, right? Yeah. And so then you hook that up i have a uh guys you know logger fridge and then you turn that on and it's an hour and it's done i don't think they had any uh, head retention issues mm-hmm. Do, doing that with the with the pump affect any oh that's a good point yeah how do you how do you get a little more well what do you think so this i poured this what 20 minutes ago like how do i how do i get a little uh, more? i don't think it's any different than uh, you go out to the bar and get a beer like um, that what do you what do you want what how, how do i get a little more if i want to if i wanted to keep a little more head on there yeah a uh, wheat wheat will do it 
Yeah, because it's yeah. got more protein. Carapils. Carapils. So I, I no. use like 4% carapils, carapils um, do that. Yeah, in the recipe, but a little more up try, it. Try a little more wheat in there. Can and, we go over there? And you'll, you'll get it because it'll, it'll get... Uh, yeah, please. go for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah go for it, and then i got to take another break. So Yeah, it's like uh, it's basically two-thirds Belgian pills. That's uh, base malt. Uh, 15% Vienna. Right. Uh, add a little bit of that copper caramel kind of color nice. to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, the rest of the adjuncts, it's, you know... F- yeah, I want to say 6% um, Carapils, 5% Caramunic, uh, and then I add some corn sugar because I want it to finish. So it's like 3% corn sugar. Uh, I'm probably missing one other. Oh, and then the oats, right? Like about 4% yeah. uh, the flaked oats. But you add a little wheat back into that one, and, and the wheat has a lot of protein in it. And you'll, you'll More than oat. And what do you mash yeah. at? Yeah, it, it's a different kind of thing. Uh, oats are kind of oily. So they kind of kill your head. So, Interesting. Yeah. So you you, you got to kind of kind of compensate for that. And the OG and the FG on this one. Uh, ten seventy six and finished at ten eleven. Yeah. That's cool. Good. Nice. Nice. Excellent. Yeah, so that'd be interesting. Add a little more wheat. It wouldn't. Yeah, I guess if I had three percent, it's not going to cloud it up. No. The other no, question I have for you guys: that. Did you clarify it at all? Yeah. You did some biofine. Yeah. We did a little gelatin. Or gelatin. Yeah. Cold, we typically we cold crash for twenty four hours. Yeah. Rack it into another keg. Because um, that Vermont yeast it likes to stay up. Yep. yep. <laughs> it stays in the juicy zone. About thirty eight. And this is the uh, third generation of that. Yeah, I think this was the third. Cool. Yeah, we cold crashed at about thirty eight. Racking another and then add a little gel. Sometimes the second cool. or third. Just take a break. The guy's the got his finger on the button. Yeah, everyone shut the He's fuck up. Finger on the button. Shut up! It's Dr. Home. We'll be right back. Talkie Talkersons. Do you know the three most important rules in brewing? Sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean, too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer-spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand, Santa Clean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you have a cleaning problem, you need the Five Star Solution. Visit fivestarchemicals.com or call 800-782-7019. 800-782-7019. And get the Five Star Treatment today. Admitted. Homebrewing is not always free of frustrations. Years ago, brothers Bill and Jim Mitchell decided to minimize those frustrations and create an entirely new brewing process and a brand new kitchen appliance, the Pico Brew Zymatic. The Zymatic sits on your kitchen counter and connects to the internet via Wi-Fi. It comes with access to a huge recipe library full of award-winning beers and can brew your next batch at the push of a button, improve repeatability, and refine your recipes. With the Pico Brew Zymatic. With minimal cleaning and hassle, the Zymatic enables anyone to brew craft beer in the comfort of their own kitchen. Just add your ingredients and the process of home brewing becomes simplified and automatic, allowing you to focus on what really matters while you brew. At Pico Brew, they believe everyone should be able to enjoy the art of home brewing and make their own damn good craft beer. See the Zymatic in action today at PicoBrew.com. I'm sorry to tell you this, but we're going to have to pour you out. Back to Dr. Homebrew. All right. Thanks for hanging out, everybody. This is the uh, moment in the show where we uh, talk about prizes. We have some prizes to give away. And since you guys are the only uh, homebrewers on the show... Wait, there's you, a line of like 10 people out there. You get, they don't count. They We're don't feeling count. festive, and we want to give you guys prizes. Just <laughs> right. shut up and accept them. Yeah. <laughs> Love prizes. Uh, you guys get every prize. You get the $40 gift certificate to Grog Tag. Go to grogtag.com. You can get customized labels, caps, Sweet. metal signs, tap handles, even all that kind of stuff. Grogtag.com. Check them out. Uh, you guys get that. Yes! Yeah! yeah. Lovely, the lovely folks at Grog Tag. And you get a beer bug. You guys heard What's about the beer, beer bug? Oh, oh holy beer bug. crap. That is great. 
You've heard hell about yeah. it? Oh, hell yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. They're going to be fighting over that one. They're going to be fighting over it. Yeah, who's going to get it? So basically, you, uh, it's, it's, uh, there's a, a weight that hangs in your, uh, in your cardboard, your fermenter, or whatever. Uh, yeah, it's a, a little, yeah, they call it a torpedo. <laughs> yeah, not to be confused with, with your, your hop torpedo. Oh. And what it does, it relays accurate uh, temperature oh, and gravity. Uh, that's awesome. To yeah. an app. So if you guys can use it, you yeah. guys can all download we all the app. Together, that's awesome. So that fantastic I think that'd be great. Right yeah. So there wow. you go. Beer well, I brew, they help. <laughs> oh, hey Beerbug.com. Thank you very much. You guys have wow, been uh, awesome. good Beerbug's sponsors for, to us, and uh, and uh, we really appreciate it. So, uh, yeah, Beerbug you know, is pretty fun to play with. Yeah, for sure, man. For sure. So there you go. That's it. I think we've all done right. all of our stuff that we need to do. All the stuff. All the things. Did you check all the boxes, JP? I haven't checked them all yet, okay. but I will for well, sure. Uh, Did what, you check the chit-chat box? Wh- I think what should we bring back next? Whatever you guys want. Sorry. Whatever you guys want. It's been great. I I really do want you guys to do a cloudy version and non cloudy version, just side by side to really see. But I mean, that's just that's just me. Because just don't find it. We got a double chocolate style, man. We'll bring that next time. Let's do it. Sounds good. Thanks, fellas, for coming all the way up here. It was was a good time. Good beers. Awesome. And uh, Doc, thank you very much. Of course. Brian, thank you very much. Um, You betcha. All right. And uh, we'll see you guys later. This has been Dr. Homebrew. Oh, uh, listen to all the other shows on the Brew Network. Okay, thanks. Bye. Okay.